0: Live from the Action Community Studios on this Tuesday morning it is the Wolf and Luke
1: show. I'm Luke Wolf, what's up? Not a whole lot uh, actually there is a whole lot actually that's <laughs> up right now, right as a matter of fact can oh I God, just God, go on, go on. Go on.
0: you know this is where we are in this show. Um, Maloney bought you a toy. Yeah, I know. And then she realized she has to buy me a toy too so I also have one that's just going off over here.
1: Okay, you have the panic alert yeah, as well. We right both have now. panic yeah, you know, alert buttons right now. Who knows what's going to happen? Everything's up in the air. Right there are question marks all over the place. Uh, yesterday, of course, was a very tough day. It was, basically, I've, I've got people that are I, I consider to be a friend, and there was news that came down. And anybody that knows me, I wear my emotions on my sleeve for the most part. And yesterday was a very very tough first day day one
0: yeah i don't uh i mean you you are one of the uh, basically you just said it right there like you wear your emotions on your sleeve i I could tell yesterday was was a a difficult show for you i mean you couldn't tell listening but just like during the breaks you're usually talking about whatever football games on tv or whatever and you were just slightly subdued wolf during the breaks yesterday Uh, i would say not on the air though but then when we went off the air Uh, Michael Bidwell spoke to the media, and before I play any of this, Wolf, what was just your overall general impression of that press conference? Because for me, look, there's there's no perfect press conference, obviously, and yesterday's not a great day, but I think all things considered, I thought Bidwell, I thought he did a really good job up there in, in addressing the questions that were asked. I think he answered the questions in a way that this fan base wanted and needed to hear.
1: It is so difficult to do. Um, anybody that has ever done it, you know exactly how difficult it is to stand up in front of the entire world, so to speak, and answer questions about some very, very tough and personal situations, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it just is professional and personal. And to sit there and field all of those questions, I would agree that. I thought Michael did a very good job. Yet at the same time, I know how difficult that is to do what he did alone. It wasn't like he had a GM sitting up there. He he doesn't have anybody as well. How much that really helps you to have somebody else sitting at the table. Uh Yeah.
0: No, 100%. It, It takes your mind off of, like, when you're answering questions like that where you're sort of, vulnerable with what your answers are you don't want to be thinking about oh i'm the only one sitting up here or you know why are they asking you just want to be able to answer the questions you should be able to focus on the questions at hand i just i thought more than that i just thought his answers were what cardinals fans were looking for now this you know yesterday was step one of of many to fixing this team it's it's not like well we fired our coach and our gm stepped down so everything's fine now in fact you're you're in more of a precarious position right now but that is to get better and to have that clean slate. I want to start. There's so many quotes from what Bidwell said yesterday that we're going to react to, but I, I just want to start with this one. That was actually kind of further into the press conference.
2: He is casting the uh, the net far and wide, uh, making sure that we've got somebody with a very good plan, with the right leadership skills uh, that can come in, uh, not only at GM but also at, at, at head coach, uh, to make sure that we we build the kind of um, team and squad and roster. Uh, as well as uh, staff and, and plan on both the offense and defensive side of the ball to make sure that we can win the NFC West. And when I, you know, I don't I don't know that we're as broken as maybe people think. I mean, our record is terrible, but when you you look at the talent on this team, we've got a lot of talent. We've just got to make sure that they're all playing together. So
0: two things that stood out from that clip: one
2: talking about casting the net as
0: wide and far as they need to not that it's just a guaranteed internal promotion I know a lot of Cardinals fans want to hear that the second part I just thought was interesting where he said we aren't as broken as people think we are and he acknowledged the record was terrible, in his words. Because it was. This was a miserable season. I, I, you've been covering this team longer than me. Sure. You were on this team. But just in the years that, that you've been around this team, I mean, can you think of a more miserable season? I really can't. No.
1: No, as a matter of fact, no, I, I cannot in all the years I've been doing it. I think it's been 18 years now. And I, I think um, the guys that I have worked with over there for 18 years would say the exact same thing. It was the most disappointing season for the Cardinals we've ever experienced. And so much of that was because of the expectation Mm -hmm. that we had. When you hear Michael say, we aren't as broken as we appear to be, I would agree with that from a talent perspective, but from a toughness perspective, from a perspective of culture and who you are and how you're going to build this team coming up and what you do and how we do it. And if you don't fit what we do and how we do it, you're not going to do well here. So you're not going to target people and bring them into the organization that aren't going to be good fits with your general manager and your head coach having that belief, that dogma, that culture of who we are and how we do things. And it helps you to identify people that are going to be good fits Going forward. And Michael Bidwell actually talked about that as well. He talked a little bit about culture and mentioned it more than once. And I like that.
0: Can we I feel like as a as a city, as the sports fans in the city, we should just kind of like give ourselves a pat on the back for getting through this football season, because you could argue this was ASU's most miserable football season, too. So, for them to both be running simultaneously, and I know everybody's not an ASU fan, but as far as teams in the Valley, they were combined 7 and 22. Yeah. And ASU didn't have the expectations that the Cardinals did, but typically, at least for me, if the Cardinals are having a really bad year, I would at least turn to ASU or vice versa, right? Indeed. Ideally, they're both just playing well, but neither one of them was playing well this year. And yeah, it's different than. 2018 Because 2018, there were no expectations. This year, there were a lot of expectations. They went uh, unfulfilled, obviously. This was Michael Bidwell's opening statement yesterday.
2: It is the hardest day in uh, uh, the football life. And that's when you've got to part ways with people uh, that you respect and appreciate all their contributions. Um, One has been with us for 25 years. Uh, who has let us know that he is leaving the organization and has left the organization. And i uh, going to focus on his health, and I want to thank Steve for his contributions and wish him well. Um, and then Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, somebody who I've really grown to uh, like and appreciate, uh, just a great man. I, I've been around this organization my entire life. And I don't know any coach that has worked harder than Cliff Kingsbury. He has put in countless hours. And we had a good, long conversation today um, in which I told him I'm really sorry because this is a tough decision. Uh, But at the same time, it was a decision that needed to be made. And um, I wished it could have worked out better for him because in terms of putting in the effort, there's a guy that really deserved to have the outcome that we were all expecting a year ago or so. You know, uh, there's an old
1: saying in Radio Basin Onions that says, it's not what you say, it's how you say it that really matters. And just listening to Michael Bidwell right there, you can hear the, the pain in the guy's voice. And what he's saying is completely legit. I know that for a fact, the respect that he has for Cliff Kingsbury and, of course, Steve Kime, because I have the same respect for those guys, especially Steve as well, somebody that I have known for a long, long time. And you listen to Michael Bidwell right there, and you can hear it. It's not what he's saying. It's how he's saying it. And because of that, it makes me... um It makes me know that this had to be a very, very difficult situation for Michael Bidwell because it's not just the firing of. Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kimes stepping down as general manager, it's also the fact that, boy, that's an awful lot of salary to eat as an NFL owner. Well, yeah,
0: we'll get obviously a lot into this throughout the show today because that last thing you said is also, there's quite a few things you said right there that I want to react to and we'll get to that later on throughout the show, but... Michael Bidwell, if nothing else, showed yesterday and I think alleviated a lot of Cardinals fans fears that he is 100 percent in on fixing this because he is eating a lot of money to do what he thinks is right right now, just to get them back on track. All right. Innings festival is back. The two day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so much more returns to Tempe Beach Park February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale and you can head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win those tickets. When we come back. What should the Cardinals be looking for in their next head coach and general manager? We're going to ask ESPN analyst and former Cardinal Sam Acho. He'll join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader wolf and luke arizona sports the local sports leader well we got the nfl playoffs starting we will get into that later on in the show but obviously this is a big week now for the arizona cardinals with the news yesterday that they're moving on from cliff kingsbury and steve Kime is stepping down so they need a head coach and a gm and we figured good guy to weigh in on these uh, decisions would be sam ocho espn analyst and of course former arizona cardinal he joins us on the arizona sports line right now sam thanks for the time this morning man how you doing I'm great,
3: how are you?
1: Doing great. Sammy, can I call you Sammy? Is that okay if I call you that?
3: Wolfie, it? <laughs> absolutely. You can absolutely call him Sammy Wolfie. I got so much respect for you, as uh, you know. Your uh, voice, your play, uh, all of it as a as a human being. So dude, call great. me whatever you want.
1: Thank Watch. you, man. I really appreciate that. Sammy, um, let me ask you first and foremost, just your general thoughts when you think of Cliff Kingsbury and the moves the Arizona Cardinals have made.
3: Um. I mean, it's not just – Cliff. I mean, the, the thing – these issues are not just uh, coach-related. It's coach and general manager. Anytime you think of a team and how you want to build a team, it's not just uh, people in silos. You have to work in groups. And so, um, sure, Cliff Kingsbury didn't have a great record and, and didn't have a successful record in in, the, in college at Texas Tech. He had a losing record and has had a losing record in the NFL, right? There's different challenges that, that the NFL will um, provide – if you have been in college, right? We saw it with the um, dude from Temple who got fired Carolina Panthers, right? Matt rule. Like we've seen college coaches try to make the transition. Hasn't been successful, but the bigger issue I think is who's going to be your general manager, right? Like hire a GM first. I think what successful teams do hire a GM, let that GM be involved in finding the next head coach, because it's, I think what works best is the GM and the head coach have to be on the same page. And, you know, uh, wolf as much better as good as anyone you don't want to have, a head coach my hire a head coach and the head coach may want say in a roster well the gm might say well no i want to say in the roster so there has to be some kind of chain of command right and then you might hire it you know and so anyway my whole point is um losing record wasn't successful wasn't able to quote develop for take out the quote wasn't able to develop Kyler murray the way that had been promised or had been ex- expected and so that is what it is Um, But I think the bigger question, the most important question should be who's going to be the general manager um, for, for the Cardinals. And even better yet, hopefully, you know, Michael Bidwell is thinking about this in a way saying, hey, I need to hire a GM first. Or at least consider hiring a GM first and letting that GM be a part of the decision on who my next head coach will be.
0: Mm. talking to sam macho uh Sam, you mentioned Kyler Murray from your point of view what is what is what does he need what's the best thing they could do in terms of building this team around him now going forward no no, that's not the uh, he, he need he needs to get
3: better right like every player needs to get better, but as a quarterback position, it's not about building people around you. you have to get better right you have to get better I remember this isn't you know like it just it, you know you could put all the pieces around and put d hop and put you know uh, Hollywood Brown, put whatever, you have to get better. And that's just, it, that's just yeah. like out of the NFL. Every year, I, I had to get better. If I wanted to stay on the team, I, was, you know, I started half of my career. I didn't win the quarterback, win a million, but you have to get better. And so, like, it's not about this offseason. Is not about what pieces need to come around Kyler. This offseason is for Kyler needs to get better. You know, and that's just, that's the truth. And every NFL player deals with that truth. You have to get better every single offseason, no matter how good you are. And then especially when you're the quarterback. You have to get better.
0: Well, how how can they get that through to him? Or do you think that that has already gotten through to him? I don't know. Um,
3: I don't know. That's kind of the tough part, right? Like when you – I don't know Kyler well, so I can't speak on him, right? right. I, 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 I don't. But um, the success that he saw in high school and college hasn't been there here. And so you have to find out, man, what do I need to do who do I need to work with? Who do I need to get with? How do I need to study film? What things do I need to do um, to get better? Like those are the questions that, you know, I'm not gonna say only he can answer. So I'm sure people may be able to help him answer that. But you also have to be willing, and maybe he is right. I don't know, but yeah. to be willing to be able to like humble yourself and be like, you know what, like what can I do to get better, as opposed to you know being defensive and trying to say, well, no, I'm you know protect yourself. Right? It's scary. Right? It's vulnerable. It's hard, but. Um you want to you want to win number 1 I'm sure right dude's a winner he has been a winner you want to win um you want to extend your career you want to compete for super bowls it's not only about the pieces around you it's about you right i i wrote you know i wrote a book right i have another book coming out it's called change starts with you right change starts with you it comes out you know it comes out in in march right but the whole thing is like we all look around us and say well man if i only had this only add that, or maybe this person, or maybe that person can do it, and then everything will get better. Give me a receiver, give me an o line, give me a running back. But like the whole point is, no change starts with you. And my book more relates to like social justice. Like we look at the people and things and places around us. and say, mm. Well, man, maybe someone else can do it, or maybe this person, maybe that person, maybe if I get a new GM, maybe if I get a head coach who you knows how to coach. Nah, dude, change starts with you. If so you have to like look inside of yourself, go watch your tape and say, man, what are areas that I can? What areas I'm things I'm doing really well? things I'm doing okay and things I can get better at, right? Like there's an example at a sports psychologist we worked with, with when I was with the bears. And, um, she talked about this thing. Her name is Gloria Balague. She was with the team. Now she, you know, from Spain, now she moved back to Spain, living her best life. She's awesome. But she talked about this thing, good, better. How after every practice, cause I'm, I was a guy that was like, Oh man, I'm the worst or man, I had a great game or, you know, just all over the place. No, don't look at all the, just find one thing you did good. What did I do? Good. Boom. What can I do better? One thing, not seven or several, one thing, and then how. And so, like, if you take an honest evaluation, honest assessment, like, sure, top 100 players, all these things, because of his athleticism and running around, that's, what he, that's one thing you do good. What can you do, what can you do better, right? Maybe you can see improvement as far as reading defenses, right? Some of you do better. People talk about body language as a leader, right? Like, that's something I can do better. All right, how do I do it? The is, yeah. is how has to be has to be just as important, and so this offseason, if the Cardinals want to be successful, I believe it's about Kyler um, Kyler getting better, and then also getting leadership at the top as well, who understands how to win, right? Like that that matters a ton. We all know everything comes from the top, yep. you know, and so obviously, like you could try to talk about players and all you want. But you can't talk about players struggling and not being accountable if your coaches aren't accountable. If people in the front office are accountable, like you, it's impossible. How can you tell me as a player, as a quarterback, right? If I'm Kyler, y'all trying to tell me to be accountable and be respectful and all these things where y'all got guys getting arrested when we're in Mexico, Damn. right? Like for you want to tell me to be accountable? Well, we got coaches and front office getting you know arrested and getting in trouble. And you want me to be accountable? So it has to stop. Start with accountability from the top top. And that starts obviously with the, with the owner, right? With, with Mr. Bidwell, And so, um, but anyways, like that change that he wants to see. And like I said, I talked I, I, in my book, I don't write about this book isn't as much about football as my other book was. This book's really more about like the change we want to see in the world the people around us, but it has to start with you. It'll never, nothing will ever change if you keep, I'm looking to everybody else and say, well, man, once I get this, then everything will be okay. Cause the problem is you'll
1: get all those things, they realize, oh man, like
3: now I'm the thing holding
1: this back. Sammy, I got to tell you, man, just listening to you right there. I absolutely love it. And the reason being is because of personal responsibility. That, that's where it all starts to me. You know, you talk about accountability. That's leadership. That's what leadership is. It's being accountable. As a matter of fact, I think leadership is holding yourself to a standard, Sam, that you're not going to hold anyone else to, but you're not afraid, because you do hold yourself to that standard, to walk up to somebody else and say, what are you doing? That That is accountability, as far as I'm concerned. And inside that hyper-aggressive alpha male world known as the National Football League locker room, it's really important that you have that kind of accountability. And I don't know how you feel about that, but it, it certainly sounds like you think that Kyler's got to start with himself looking at himself first and fixing what he needs to.
3: Absolutely. And, I mean, Kyler is one of the best athletes, like pure athletes. Could have played baseball, got drafted, all these things in all of football, right, in probably a lot of American sports. That's your strengths. So people can say, sure, double down on your strengths, but then find areas. Like, find areas. Maybe you do double down on that athleticism, but then also, like, Find areas to get better. What are the things that people are saying you're not doing well? Your coaches are saying you're not doing well. You need to get better. Do those things, right? Find ways and, you know, don't take it personally, right? Sometimes like this constructive feedback or constructive criticism may hurt, but ultimately like people, not everyone, but people want you to succeed, right? Like people want you to succeed. So the people in your, in your circle, right? Are your teammates, right? Other quarterbacks, like they tell you stuff. Listen, if there's other people who have been successful, who've transitioned to get better, right? Talk to, you know, other players. Maybe he does all these things. I wish I had his number. I could reach out to him, right? Like, maybe he does all these things, you know? But, like, I, the last thing I want to see is is Kyler just continue, continue to not be successful. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want this dude to shine, and he's yep. – I want him to shine, but I also know I've seen a bunch of first-round picks that don't shine. And There's pressure, and there's all these things. It has to be the right situation. And you need weapons, and all these things. But, like, I'd rather him be the guy that, like, comes back this offseason. Obviously, he's got an injury, so he's got to recover and heal, like, physically. But, like, mentally, emotionally, all those things, right? Like, I want to see him come back that much better. In that way, like, he's not the, the – you cannot even consider, contemplate him being what's holding the team back, right? Couldn't say that this year because all the, you know, the dysfunction um, from the top and within the organization and even down to the team, um, but you don't wanna be that reason. You wanna be the reason your team is is winning all your games. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and so mm-hmm. um no excuses, you know what I mean? Like no excuses. I'm hope, I'm hopeful um I'm hopeful to see you know I mean I think I might have ran into him one time at a at a workout facility in Texas, right? I'm hopeful I can see him and like we can have this face to face, you know, like I don't know the dude but yeah, I, I care for him. I want, I want the dude to shine. You know what I'm saying? Like, for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, Sam, real quick before we let you go, how do we get the uh, Change Starts With You book? You said it comes out in March.
3: Yeah, no, it's available for pre-order right now. So just go to samacho.com, S-A-M-A-C-H-O.com, or just go to Amazon and type in Change Starts With You, following your fire to heal a broken world. You can follow me on social media as well at Um But really this book is about, like, I think what a lot of the world needs, not just in football. But also in life, like in our marriages, we're like, man, why is my marriage struggling? How come come I'm this way with my kids? I'm not as loving as I know I could be. I'm not as kind. I'm not all these things. Or, you know, in my business, in my job, right, for the everyday person, right? Like, how come my my job isn't growing? And it's like, no, dude, like, don't look left, don't look right, look inside, right? All the change you want to see in yourself, in the world, in your friendships, in relationships, it starts with you, right? And obviously you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. So I'm like, man, like there's a faith aspect that plays big in this thing as well. Right? Like, Amen. man, God loves you. God sees you. God knows you. Prayer works. We saw that with Hamlin uh, just last week, right? Like prayer works. Amen. And so like, I want people to know that like, God is for you. God is with you. And he's equipped you to make any kind of change you want to see. We just have to not be afraid of it anymore. So go to samacho.com um, to get change starts with you, or just type it in on Amazon. It's available for pre-order on Amazon. You go to my website, you get a free free chapter right now. Um, it's a pretty cool pre-order offers as well. So that's uh, that's where you can get it. Well Sam, said,
0: Sammy. We appreciate it, man. Thank Love you for you the buddy. time. Talk
1: to you later, awesome. man. Awesome.
0: That's uh, Sam Acho, ESPN analyst, former Arizona Cardinal, joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. And you can text us your thoughts at the Fanduel text line at 620-620 right now. we come back, the Suns losing streak hopefully ends tonight. Uh, How concerned should we be with how big this has gotten? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Shuffle of All the Football. Phoenix Suns are back in action tonight. We'll have a little game day with K-Ray later on in the show. Suns in Northern California to take on what appears to be Steph Curry back in the lineup and the uh, Golden State Warriors. We'll see about that now. Um, I was trying to look up during the break just to double-check the injury report for the Suns, Wolf. Yeah. I can't even keep
1: track anymore. It's It's unbelievable. I've never seen it this bad for the Phoenix Suns. Not even close it's It's gotten to the point where it is so ridiculous that
0: when I see all the guys out, I, I run it through this like filter in my mind of okay, is is this is this intentional like or is this how they're gonna handle this season? If anybody's a little bit banged up, they're gonna miss yeah. a game. but so many guys are out that there's no way that, that there's any any of that mixed into this because everybody's out.
1: everybody. um right now the Suns, I think are yeah let's let's face it, they're spinning, man. This is not the orbit they expected. At least I think that. They're 20 and 21. Right now, they've lost, what, six straight? Yep, six Six straight, straight, nine of 10. Four of 14 in their last 18 games. Oh, my, whoa, I would mean, just say that out loud for a minute, wherever you are, wherever you are right now, just you're driving around.
0: <laughs> I finally get to use the panic button.
1: Four in 14 in their last 18 games. And, and ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about the Phoenix Suns. Um, have I hit the panic button? No, I have not. Luke just did. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess
0: I technically button. did. I, I'm, I have not, but I'm that's not astounding. I, I have not hit the official panic button, but those numbers aren't great. They are currently in a three-way tie for eighth in the Western Conference. They are one game up on Utah and the Lakers for 11th. They're a game and a half up on Oklahoma City for 12th. Now, you can let's use some common sense here and sift through some of these. Like, they're going to finish ahead of Utah. Oklahoma City at a certain point is going to be like, oh, Victor Wembenyaman, it's the second half of the season. We're going to pull some players out of the stands to start our games. So, it's not like the Suns are in danger of dropping to the bottom of the Western Conference, but being in the play in tournament is a very real possibility because let's use that logic the other way. If you spot Denver and Memphis and New Orleans and the Clippers and the Warriors too big of a lead on you, that's five teams right there that that are currently ahead of them. And you got to stay in the top six if you want to be playing in the playoffs when the playoffs start and not fighting for your, your playoff lives in a one and done scenario against Luca or against Dame or something like that. I mean, to be fair, I don't believe in Dallas, but they are three games ahead of the Suns as well. I don't believe in Sacramento all that much, but they're two games ahead of the Suns. Now, when Devin Booker comes back and some of these guys come back, I expect the Suns to go on a run, but that (laughs) doesn't—now you're going to have to go on like a a 12-game winning streak to erase some of this.
1: Yes, you hit, you expect them to go on a run right now. It's just amazing. The injury situation for the Suns. I don't have to tell you based on audience. It's brutal. Devin Booker out. CP3 out. Cam Johnson out. Campaign out. Jay Crowder, of course, gone. Um, <laughs> DA left ankle sprain. He's questionable. Landry Shamit, sore right hip. Questionable. Tory Craig, right ankle sprain. Questionable for tonight. Uh, it, it is like, wow.
0: Somebody asked Kellen Olsen on Twitter what happens if they, if they don't have five players, and he said the mascot runs point. And that's <laughs> that's like kind of what—I mean, now you're getting to the point where it's like, okay, well, who's the ninth guy off the bench? Oh, well, he's also hurt, too.
1: Yeah. Or can we
0: at least like, okay, well, this maybe this is a, a growing opportunity for Landry Shamit and Tory Critt. Well, they might not play either.
1: And, and <laughs> all I can think of is I look at that injury report, Basin Onions, is when might we expect to see Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, and DA together again. If ever. Cam. Hi. Cam. Seriously. Come back,
0: Cam. It's now, it has been. Two, almost two months and a week since his last game and it's been two months and two days since the surgery. Okay, that, that, that right there bothers me.
1: It really does, all right. It, it does. For obvious reasons, this hurts. You don't have Cam Johnson in the lineup in the one to two months. Remember the, yes, the way I, I, the I was, so, I was yeah. so perplexed by the one to two months. <laughs> I mean, typically, you're going to get that four to five weeks, Well, here, somewhere. just point this out. You, okay. you, you,
0: be the, you come up, I'll be the trainer,
1: you ask me how long Cam's going to be out, okay? Okay, yeah. Uh, listen, um, we need Cam Johnson. Okay, well, that makes and, sense, yeah. Um, you know, how long is Cam going to be out?
0: Well, he's either going to be out for a certain amount of time or twice as long. <laughs> Or maybe longer, as
1: it turns out. (laughs) And then suddenly the PR guy walks up and says, hey, you know what? We'll say one to two months. Yeah. How about that? That gives us plenty of room right there. (laughs) One to two months. We got the day-to-day embedded in that as well. Yeah. We've got the one to two months and the day-to-day will be embedded naturally. We'll go with that. So right now what you're saying is it's really not. That was wrong. That was incorrect. It's not one to two months. It's two plus months. I mean, we're past, that? we're past two months now,
0: and I'm assuming he's close, and it's not like if Cam Johnson was back, they'd suddenly be winning every game. <laughs> but again, they need Cam back, and also Cam needs to be back. Like with Booker, it's like, hey, the Suns need Booker back, or they might not win another game for a while here. But Devin Booker doesn't need to be back. As long as you make the playoffs, Devin Booker's fine. He doesn't need these regular season games. I would contend Cam Johnson basically the same age as Booker, but a lot less experience in the NBA, especially as a starter, could use that experience during the regular season instead of just throwing him into the, the fire in what might be a play-in game if we don't start winning
1: some of these. Yes, the Pentagon, it, it looms, does it not? Yes, it does. The Pentagon. That's what I said, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. <laughs> On cue with a little... Okay, it's the Pentagon good. sound effect right Listen, there. Listen, um, think about it right now. When are we going to see Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Mikhail, Cam Johnson, and D.A. together again? There's a real good chance the five That's days the are ticking lineup. down. It's ticking down <laughs> right now. January 10th. That means January 15th is right there. And might we see these guys out on the floor together again ever? I I don't know if we're going to see the starting five for the Suns out on the floor again together. The starting five that started this season. I, I don't. I don't know if we're ever gonna see that. Yeah,
0: that's an interesting thought. I, I, I don't I, I think I think DA's here for this season, but then I think anything goes in the off season. But you're right, they absolutely they absolutely could trade him in a week. I mean the fifteenth is Sunday. So from that point on, they can trade him. And if they get to a point where where this just feels like they have to do something big, then, I mean, he's the big trade chip. That'd be
1: the one thing I'd ask James Jones. One thing, Monty Williams. One thing. Is he a mad king? Say yes or no. <laughs> if you could get one answer on it, they'd never answer the question. Is he a mad king? DeAndre Ayton. Because if he is, he's gone. If he isn't, He'll be here. Oh, they got so many issues right now. They might need to keep him just because
0: he is at least more likely to play in some of these games. All right, when we come back, how are the Cardinals going to approach their general manager search? We're starting to hear some names. We'll get into those next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I want to get back into some of the stuff that uh, Michael Bidwell said yesterday. We kind of touched on it in the opening segment. We didn't talk about it at all yesterday, Wolf, because he had his press conference right after our show ended. So I assume he listened to our show and then, you know, a, he's like, I could do the press conference, but not till 2 because Wolf and Luke are on until 2. <sighs> yes. You think that was it? I don't think okay, so. Okay, well, I yeah. he could go along with it for a little Appreciate bit. Appreciate it. Uh, here's Michael Bidwell talking about the search for the general manager and head coach and how that has already started.
2: The search has started for both the general manager and for uh, head coach. We're going to cast the net far and wide. I'm doing it differently than we've done it in the past. Uh, I've already been on the phone setting up. Uh, Interviews and uh, speaking with people I respect around the NFL, getting their input on the best candidates out there. Uh, We are going to look at internal candidates and external candidates and um, again cast the net far and wide. We're not looking at particularly offense or defense, Uh, we're looking for some two candidates that are extremely strong. The preference is to get a general manager in place first, but if that doesn't happen, we're not going to be afraid to hire the right head coach. And um, so we're looking forward to uh, moving forward on, on those interviews. I've already interviewed two internal candidates for general manager, Adrian Wilson and Quentin Harris. I've also interviewed one external candidate, uh, and we've got interviews later this week. And we're trying to set up right now different interviews. Well, there it is right there. Michael
1: Bidwell talking about the hiring process and his thinking right there. And I think it's probably a good way to proceed in regard to the general manager. Uh, That certainly is something that I would do first. Anybody that has listened to me broadcast over the last 10, 15 years, you know the way I feel about this. It is so important. The general manager is the most important hire that an owner is ever going to make.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that driving in today, like and we're gonna get into the Sean Payton stuff later on, because if you really want Sean Payton, you're gonna to have to trade significant assets to get him on top of everything else. But it's just kinda of this whole thing that's happened with the Cardinals this season and certainly yesterday has kind of crystallized like how important your front office is before before any individual player other than like a legit true franchise quarterback. But I mean you you gotta have big picture, like looking at San Francisco. They've put this team around Brock Purdy, who, by the way, has never lost an NFL game still because they've put this ridiculous team around him, and man, he's played well, too. But you're 100% right, and to your point, probably need to hire the GM first, ideally. Sam Acho just said that when he joined us. Michael Bidwell said that yesterday.
2: Well, I'm sure there are lots of factors. I haven't seen it yet, so that's why I say the preference is to hire a general manager first. So
0: Now, you might not be able to if you're trying to get Sean Payton, but... <laughs> right, but... Yeah, that probably is the way to go. Because if you hire the coach first and then hire the GM, you don't know that they're going to see eye to eye on everything. And
1: that's one of the most important things right now. No doubt about it. Um, you have to do it that way. If you're going to hire Sean Payton, OK, you'll make the exception. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? He's a go separate right path that you go down. <laughs> you just because you're getting both in one. Of course, we all understand that. You're getting that Sean and, no and Payton. Yes, uh, you, you know what you're going to get with Sean Payton, of course. Um, the way to proceed, I think, is the way that Michael is right now. I like the fact that he's looking at, at not only guys that are inside the organization right now, guys that are, are making their way. Adrian Wilson, of course, and Quentin Harris. Um, these are, are two guys that are very, very capable and are going to be general managers in the league at some point in time. The question is when. I like the fact that he's not not only looking inside, but he's also looking outside the organization. And when you talk about looking outside, for me, a good place to start is the San Francisco 49ers, where he also, at least it appears, they're interested in not just one, but two people in the front office of the 49ers, Ran Carthon and Adam Peters.
0: Yeah, and all, all of these... I have a list of six so far that we've heard, and I'm sure there are more, but they're all in the like early forties range. So kind of a like, okay, ready to, to potentially, if things go well, be the GM for a long time. That's, that's young for a GM. So Quentin Harris, Adrian Wilson on the list, uh, Rand Carthon, Ad- Adam Peters, like you just said. 49ers director of player personnel and assistant GM Ian Cunningham, the Bears assistant GM, and Monty Austinfort, the Titans director of player personnel, are are also names that have been linked to the Cardinals so far. And I'm assuming that that GM search is going to um, not go on for a while, but but expand even more because this is a an interesting spot for for Michael Bidwell. He's always in charge of everything because he's the owner of the team, right? But he's, it's just him right mm-hmm. now. Like he's, I'm sure he's getting advice from other football people around the league. It's not like there's nobody else in the front office right now. But you don't have a GM or a coach to weigh in on this. Uh, he talked about how he does not want to be the guy making roster decisions.
2: Well, that, that's largely the way it's been. I mean, normally the way I've uh, handled things is, is um, you know, I, w- I want to understand what we're doing and why we're doing it. And I think that's uh, appropriate for me, but I'm not making the decisions about who we're signing and re-signing and and things like that. That is the best way you can
1: totally proceed as an owner, and that's the way you should. If I owned a team, I'm just trying to
0: put myself in that that position. If I owned a team, I would 100% want to know what's going on, and I I just want to understand it, especially because it's my money, and also because if I owned a professional team, I would be pretty emotionally invested in it, but I don't want to be the one making the decisions. Because that's why you have a GM and an assistant GM or a coach and those guys. You got to trust them to be able
1: to do it. It is so important for any owner. Any owner, I don't care what sport you're talking about, but any owner for a professional sport, what you do is you hire good people. You vet them carefully and you hire good people and then you let them do their jobs. That is the way you've got to do it. And when I listen to Michael Bidwell right there, I'm encouraged because I'm hoping that's exactly what he's talking about. Hey, listen, I want to understand what is going on. Who wouldn't? You're a business owner out there right now. You want to understand what's going on. You know that. No matter how far removed you are from the business or how hands-on you are, With a business, maybe you work there every day. Maybe it's your business and you go in every day, man. You're going to want to know the reasons why things are happening. You've got to. Otherwise, it's irresponsible. Well,
0: yeah, then you're not invested enough, I would argue. Then Then that is just a business to you that you have a more important business somewhere else or something.
1: I just like the fact they're looking at two guys in the 49ers front office because guess what the 49ers are? Winning every week. Winning, and not only that. Not to sound like Charlie Sheen. I was going to say they draft really well. Um, Not only that. And they're deep. They will bash you in the face with a frying pan. (laughs) They're physical. All down the field. Ding, ding, ding. Mail, you win. Well, look, 49ers,
0: uh, Bills, uh, Eagles. Those would be the three teams right now I would be following uh, the most and, and calling and just be like, hey, do you have anybody I maybe talk to over there? Uh, those, those are certainly. But, yeah, I mean, absolutely. The 49ers, are, they're, they're building things, and they have been building things to the point where they are on their third string quarterback right now. Yes. And a lot of people think they're going to the Super Bowl. Yes. I think I might be in that group, honestly. At this point, and really? you, and you don't even at this point you don't even look at them and be like, oh, Brock Purdy, he's going to sink him, is he?
1: Is he? <laughs> <laughs> they haven't lost a game yet with yeah, him. I know. at some point in time, right now, Brock Purdy is going to have to win them a game. You just feel that, right? I, I feel, think that might be the Super Bowl. Here it is. I, 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 we don't know when that is, but we do know this: at some point in time, you are going to need your cue in the postseason to win you a game. Right? Also, he might be able to do it. That's the other thing. Exactly right. Hold on to your butts (laughs) for that one right there. But the San Francisco 49ers, I also like the fact, I don't know who Monty Osinford is, ladies and gentlemen. Have you ever heard of that name? I've heard the name, but uh, ideally he would
0: have been on Real Sports like Matt Ishbia was, where we could just start <laughs> playing clips from a month ago, but okay. he was not.
1: Well, there's Monty. He's 45 years old, and he is the Tennessee Titans director of player personnel right
0: there. I think I've L. only heard it because the Titans fired their GM a okay, couple weeks ago. So, That's the only reason I heard So I
1: like the way uh, it's trending in regard to outside of the organization. Inside of the organization, they have two qualified candidates in Quentin Harris and Adrian. Wilson that are still developing, in my opinion. Outside, you're looking at a young guy like Monty Olson for. You're looking at a young guy from the Tennessee Titans, a legendary organization in terms of being physical. That's who they are. That's who they've been and especially under Vrabel. Right now, I know there's a big mix-up. Uh, mix-up. There's not a mix-up. There, it, it is a mix-up if you're mixing something in a bowl, I guess, right? <laughs> but they actually fired some offensive coaches, of course, and there's a shake-up going on. they on lost the seven in a row. Yeah. Right now. Exactly right. So you knew that was coming. but And then you're looking at two guys outside of the organization that come from a very physical organization as well. That tells me that whether you hire inside or out, there's going to be a culture change.
0: I I think you hit on it, too, when you said make sure you hire good people that you can trust. Uh, Talking to Zoe, Zoe pointed out that the uh, Bills hired Sean McDermott before they hired their GM. And again, what Buffalo's doing is working pretty well in in terms of a culture and physicality and success. So there's not like a specific way you have to do it, but I did think it was interesting that Michael Bidwell said yesterday the preference would be GM first because logically I think in a lot of cases that does make sense. Uh, All right, when we come back, Is the Cardinals opening a head coach and general manager an attractive one? We're going to ask host of Keyshawn J. Will and Max J. Williams. He will join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.